finishing the uh, the Rebbe's words with the Talmidim, with the boys. In this case, it means us. The Rebbe's talking to the Talmidim. <coughs> At the bottom of page, Lama Gimel. Lo shanu amir bezeh. So the Rebbe says here at the end of the uh, at the end of this Hakdama to the kids. So the Rebbe says that look, I I I understand that there's a difference between the, the, the there's a difference between the between one boy and another. And that's what I'm saying here. So far, it sounds like everybody could be a tzaddik, everybody could be a kaddish, everybody could be. Everybody can be so great. So the Rebbe says, I, of course I acknowledge that there's a chilek. Of course there's a difference between the kaiches of different children. But one thing I can tell you, the Rebbe says that you can't decide when you see a child at a certain time, when you see a child in those years, and it might appear that he doesn't have, he doesn't have all the kaiches to be this or to be that. He says that, it's very dangerous to, to make a judgment, to pass judgments on the child at that time. And he says that, that, uh, you can never tell what's going to be with that kid when he grows up. And all of us know that there were, that back, you know, when you're, when you were in yeshiva, when you were younger, there were certain, there were certain boys that you, that, that you felt were absolutely destined for greatness and, uh, and there were others that, that, that were destined for oblivion. And it doesn't dafka, doesn't dafka come out like that. And often it seems like it's even a It's not one way or the other to paskin on a child. And yet it's the nature of a teacher. It's even the nature of a parent to paskin on a child. That this is a, this is the one that's a matzlich. This is a yitzlich. And you know, to, to have that way of looking at the child. He says, he says that you can't tell. Certainly there are differences in madragas between children. Kiyeshnam talmidim shahak. There are certain children that whose whose talents and whose kaiches are so hidden and so concealed when they're small. I mean, it's all there. It's just it's locked up in such a way. It's so covered that you would never ever believe it's possible that that child could become what a Yisrael. That he could turn out to be a great person. That he could be a godly Yisrael. And, when, and, and again, when the Rebbe says Gadol Yisrael, he already made it clear, we learned it last week, a, few, a paragraph before, that a Gadol Yisrael doesn't mean necessarily a person who has the intellectual capacities to be a genius, or to be a, 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 a tremendous Lamdan. A Gadol Yisrael could also mean a person who is a tremendous Baal Chesed, a tremendous Baal Midas, and so on. So the Rebbe says, you wouldn't believe, and this, you wouldn't believe, and you see this child, you would never ever say that he has the karikas l'kishveres because they're so hidden and so locked up inside of him. You couldn't believe that he has such potential. Page Lamed Dalit. Uchshu Yigdal v'hinei lepela kol makirav. And when he grows up, it's a wonder. He's a wonder in the eyes of all those who knew him. Lefanenu ish gadol ashekulam lefnei rum erko yikonu. Suddenly, it seems to us that we have this great person before whom. Everybody before whose greatness everybody humbles himself. Then you have, on the other hand, unfortunately, that there are common neshamas gedolus. There are some who, as children, we saw that they had great neshamas, unbelievable potential. 
that had the that had the potential to illuminate the eyes of the Jewish people to be great leaders, great tzaddikim, and nevdu, and unfortunately, tragically, they were lost. <laughs> because they were negligent in their avodas Hashem as as they were growing up. And the Rebbe now speaks to the one who's reading the Sefer. He says, And you too, Ben Yaakir, my precious child. If you will be negligent, if you will be negligent like these people, like these were negligent. And if you are, and if you are Kishrenes that are contained within you, Without you feeling them, uh, you might not even realize those. You don't, you don't realize yourself the kaiches that you have and the kishrenis. You don't realize yourself. But one thing is guaranteed that if you're going to be negligent, if you're going to be lazy, if you're not going to work hard, then they're going to be totally lost. Whatever the kaiches and kishrenis are, they'll be totally lost. And, you, and then he goes on to say, and lay nar bilvad shichata. You should know that it's not some child that you destroyed in this negligence. It's possible going Yisrael, a tremendous, a tremendous uh, a leader of the Jewish people, a great guy. It could be the, a, a great teacher of Torah, a great Lamdan, but Sadik Valmadrega, a person, a, a great Sadik that you destroyed, that you yourself, that you yourself eliminated. And if you're thinking that the only person that you harmed was yourself. So you're not guilty of anything other than other than harming yourself. So the Rebbe says <coughs> you should know. It's not only you that harmed yourself. The entire Jewish people you've harmed. Even and even you have been pogeya. You have, of course, doesn't mean that Hashem can be hurt, but you have diminished Malchus Hashem in the world. You've diminished the sovereignty and the presence of a Baruch in the world. Had you, had you been a balavaida, had you developed your potential, then you would have, you would have revealed that much Torah, that much Kavit Shemayim would have been, that much Kavit Shemayim would have been made known through your teaching, through your, through your, through your mitzvahs and asim taivim and so on. And, and this is something that you've deprived the Jewish people of. You've deprived the Kadosh Baruch Hu Kivyochel of and yourself. And on this terrible loss, the Shechina is crying. Hashem tells the heavens and all the angels to eulogize, to cry. Crying bitterly. Hashem says, I created a world. And my purpose in creation is that I should be able to dwell in the physical world. And the leaders of the Jewish people, it's Sadiqim and the Oivde Hashem. They are the ones who have the ability to draw my presence in the world, to reveal my presence in the world more than anybody else. And they can, and they can sanctify my name and reveal my name in the world as Dvari Lukulam Yashmiyu, and to teach my, my Torah to the entire world. And they could bring everybody to serve me. And this child arrived in the world. And Hashem says, And the Tzaddik and the Godel, 
who I had hoped would develop from this child, he himself has, has killed, he's destroyed. Ve'eved, asher is kavod yakdish, and a servant who was going to reveal my covet in the world, v'yishkan mi'iti bitel, he nullified. Regal mirag like he say, kvaydi ashabars nigda, one of the legs of the kitzah covered of the throne of glory in this world has been cut off. And a portion of my presence, of the divine presence from my world, has been has been rejected. So therefore the Rebbe Anson says, Na'arei u'bachurei Yisrael. And he's talking to us even though we're even though we're a little bit older than than the audience for whom he wrote the sefer. He's talking to each, he's talking to each and every one of us. And he says, Nare you Bakure Yisrael. Earl Godl Hutalat Savarechim, it's true that there's a tremendous burden that's been placed upon you. Achrayus Gedola, tremendous responsibility. Gedola Varaba Harbe Mindaitacham Yidir Seichem Aleichem. And by the way, it's much greater than you even realize. You have no idea how great the responsibility is. As Kol Base Yisrael Srichem Atam Lahamid. You are responsible for establishing the entire people of Israel. The next generation. Chasidov, Tzadikov, Ga'inov, Chacham, they all have to come from you. Mikem Lahaitse, you have to bring forth all of these, all of these Chasidim, Tzadikim, Ga'inim, Chachamim, all the fathers, the mothers, you, this is, this, this is your responsibility. Afiz, Galus, Shchinas, Uzal. And it's going to be your responsibility to carry on with this avoda revealing the shechina of his karvus bias mashiach abiyedchem nitlan to bring mashiach closer. It's all in your hands. Lamed hey, hayim tirz to shechas v'shalom neirakev begarlus. Do you want that God forbid we should continue to rot in exile? Ain raya leinavi v'chayza leinavi v'chayza to continue going without any prophet. Without any nevuah, ha'im gam yishar beinechem shebeidena begolus chasu shalom ad yosef neirid vad shal nipol. And would it be good in your eyes if if we would become even we would descend even um, more in golus and God forbid to fall to the very depths of achem dor haba gam goin gam tzadik ha'omid beperes the golus kedushas alokena chasu shalom liyamotzei hal kol eli yisapak hashem can hashem hold himself back. From crying, certainly it's possible that 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 each one of you is relying upon your friend. Why does it? Why does it say that I have to be the tzaddik or the guy? I mean, let let uh, let uh, Yanko, let Shlaimi, let you know he'll be the tzaddik. You know, and I'll I'll try to help him out. You know, uh, try to to. to to, to pay for some to pay for some of his expenses, but uh, but but uh, let him be the tzaddik. The Oyma Gedoli Yisrael Mishara Bochum Mishara Bochum Zulasi Yitzmachul. Let the let the Gedoli Yisrael develop from the other Bochum, not me. Vani Yisrael Vesatzel. I'll be negligent and lazy. Avlim Yisrael Gam Chaverecha Kamerch Yisrael. The problem is that Yechavim have the same Yechavim are having the same thoughts. Vehem Alachi Yismeichul, and they're depending on you. But between all of you, what's going to be with the Torah? Am Yisrael Goy Kodesh Mayehela. What's going to be with the Holy Jewish people? Hashchina Kadosh Matahela. What's going to be with the Shechina? Naru Bochi Yisrael Loy Meitor V'Dereshes Hashem Kagodl V'Kakotn Al Kol Echad Mikamachayif. He says, every he says, you Jewish child, 
each and every one of you. You have the responsibility to reveal within you the soul of a Jew. And to make yourself into a person, to, into the kind of a person like a pillar upon whom the Jewish people will be able to rely and trust. There isn't one of you who can patter yourself up, who can exempt yourself from this achrayis. Not one of you can exempt yourself from this achrayis. <coughs> That's a scary thing. And that's what I was saying last week. That that as far as as far as parents are concerned, of course, our job is to give the kids a chance to become the kind of people the Rebbe's talking about, upon whom the entire Jewish people can rely. And and we have to make a we have to make a serious chesed and nefesh about whether or not we're giving our children an opportunity to become these kind of people, to become tzaddikim and kedushim, or if he has the ability to be to become gainim. Whether we have the the ability, and what if that's our if that's the priority of how we're raising the children is our or is our uh, most important priority that the that the kids should be you know uh, financially I don't mean sound we the children need to be worried about them being but financially uh, very very successful and being uh, the and you know I, I've seen you know you'll see parents that that, that they're more concerned about uh, about whether the, whether the kid can throw straight from third base to first base about whether he can be tight with straight. I've seen that kaseda by from people that the, that the, you know that they'll be all excited about the kid being in little league or something. Let the kid play some ball or go on some basketball team, a hockey team, and the father goes cheering and screaming and yelling. But 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 to, to have a word with him about to, to learn with him for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, a piece of gemara, or to, or to put him into to put him in some yeshiva where they learn gemara for half hour, forty minutes a day instead of learning properly the way the klai is supposed to learn, and to to bring up to bring up a person who has the chance to be a talmudachem. The chance to be a Tamil but if you make a decision about sending your child to a place or to, to, to give him the kind of an upbringing where he's condemned Tamaratis, it's such a Rahmanis, why is it his fault? You're condemning the kid Tamaratis. You talk to, you talk to the boys that come out from some of the yeshivas, you talk to them. And, uh, besides that, they can't, you can't read the Pasuk, Rashi. You know, you, you could talk to him about the races, Rabbanis never even heard of. I'm not saying that to be, not everybody can be a Lamdan, but, but just to, you know, how much Torah can you get if you, how, how much, can a person know if he learns Torah for like an hour a day, an hour and a half a day, a child? And during that time in their lives, they have so much potential. They they, they have so much kaiches to receive Torah. And the parents are the ones who are making the decision from an early age. Basically, uh, st- basically the decision is that my child is not going to be a Tamachacham. My child is not going to be even a Jew that's, that's, that's well-informed. Uh, he'll be like the other kids on the block, but the uh, the main thing is that he that he's uh, he's got he's got a terrific jump shot. You know, you you can't beat him from from 18 feet. You can't beat him. And this is uh, this is uh, what's that is said to him? It's just that the people people don't realize that they they don't aspire for the child to be great. Although I always believe that if so, if someone will come and tell that parent that you know you you if you if if you do the things right, your child your child the novi becomes say your child could be like the next one, my Feinstein. So maybe that you know maybe he would be okay with because you know he could you know be be like the God Hador or something that that seems to be pretty neat, but anything less than that won't do, and uh, the children are condemned to uh, condemned to being as as big emiratsim as the as the parents are, and uh, and it's chaval and that's the decision that 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 we're making for our children. The children are not making the decision on their own. We're making that for our children, and that's a chesed that we're going to be responsible for in 120. How can we make a decision that the child should be an Amaris, that the kid can't read a black Amaris entire life? And then later on, he becomes serious about his Yiddishkeit, and then he has tinnitus, like all the kids do. 
If I ask my father and my mother stuck me in such a place, I can't even read a Tysus and I don't even I don't even know what it means to be a Jew. I don't know what it means to daven. They all have tainus. I mean, not not the ones that turn out to be God forbid jokers themselves, but the serious the serious ones have tainus. Like, why do you what, you know why, why do you stick me in that place? What's going on? And how come and how come and how come you were you were at every little league game, which I love you that you came to all the games, every basketball game, but you never you never had the time to sit down and learn with me a little bit or to talk to me about the Bernstein. And I saw that you that you were never excited about my Yiddishkeit, and the, the kids grew up with the with with tinies, either tinies that they articulate or that they don't articulate, but they're very strong tinies because they realize they they as they grow up they realize the uh, the emptiness that they had as children, and and it hurts them because not every not every um, home where Yiddishkeit is not taken so seriously produces a kid who doesn't care about his Yiddishkeit. The children the children start to want, they start to think about things, and 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 when they don't have and they don't have the resources to reach into from the past, they feel very, very hurt and deprived that their parents didn't do that for them. So the Balachuva don't feel that because the Balachuva don't have any tainas. Why would the Balachuva have a taina? The ones who come from homes that are not religious don't have a taina because they say, you know, my, my mother, my father, beautiful people, they weren't religious, they didn't, they don't know, they could, they, they did the best they could. The Balachuva don't have tainas. It's the kids that come from the Shamashabas homes that have tainas. Those are the ones that have the big tainas. Uh, if you talk to them, you can find out when they're older. They're the ones that have the, that have very big tightness. Like, what's going on? How am I supposed to? I, I come, I come. They send me to Yeshiva Eretz Yisrael, and you know, and I, I can't make one word out of the uh, the mission, the Gemara. I don't understand this, you know, and I don't know what it means to be a Jew. And uh, that's the question that we have to make. We're making decisions for the children. Nevertheless, it's 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 never too late, and and it's never too late to start. Okay, now the Rebbe actually begins the uh, begins the sefer on page Lamed Vav. <coughs> So the Rebbe says, "As <coughs> the Rebbe says, first I want you to know that what you're worried about, I'm also worried together with you. I'm worried with you. What, what concerns you, what you're concerned, what you're nervous about, the Rebbe says, I'm, I'm also thinking about. And the great burden that I just spoke to you about, that you feel that you have upon you, that why do you, why does it have to be this way? You know, you, you see children that they just they don't care about these things. They don't have this whole achrayis. What are you hitting me with this thing? I got to be a god to be a soul. I got to have to be an oivet Hashem. I just want to have a good time. So he says, I understand this is a tremendous burden, and and, and I'm and I'm going to try to carry it together with you to help you carry it. And he says, I want you to know that my entire purpose in writing this kuntras, this little cipher, is to make it easier for you. Not to make it harder, but to make it easier for you. And if you will listen, if you will just listen and want, then a great person will grow from you. In other words, it doesn't mean that you're going to have to sit every single second. And the, as the Rebbe explains, like every single second and, and you know... Uh, Ask yourself, am I becoming a tzaddik now? Is, this, is, it, uh, is it happening? You're not going to have to worry about that. You're not going to think about that. You'll be able to live a normal life. It'll happen. Greatness will grow from you. The wellsprings of your Torah will spread forth. And your light will go, will, will burst forth to the right and to the left. Which you never could have imagined. Or your, and your parents couldn't have imagined either. So he says, Al bochi He says, Jewish child, the bochi says, don't be sad. 
And don't let your heart fall. No, don't be depressed about this great achrayis that you have. Because that makes a person feel, you know, when you, when you, when you realize the achrayis that you have, you can become depressed, chas Sadness is a terrible midah. You see, he doesn't call sadness, sadness is not called a mood. You'll never see in the Svamakadoshan that sadness is called a mood. Even though, if you ask anybody in the street, he says, of course, it's just a mood. Sadness is called a midara, a negative characteristic. It means something that can be corrected. It's not something you work on, and it's something that you're responsible for. Not just a mood. A mood always means, it's, well, what do you want? It's the Bernstein's fault. If he wanted me to be happy, he would have given me a better day. That's not my fault. It's a mood. And, and you, you'll find people could, could say the most, could say the most horrible things and act in the most terrible way, and they'll just say, well, I'm in a bad mood. You know, or I'm depressed or something. Therefore, I can insult and hurt, and I could be, and I don't have to learn, I don't have to daven, because I'm, because I'm, uh, I'm depressed or I'm upset. So, the Rebbe says that, Atzvus is a midara. Atzvus is something that was left up to us to prevent and to work on if, if we feel that we're, Entering into that situation, it's not stam, a mood. I'm not, there are people that have chemical difficulties and so on. That's that there, there are disorders that are biological disorders. We're not talking about. I'm saying that a person has the kaiches, and even when it comes to that, the person, even when it comes to those things, the, a, a, a Jew has kaiches that to, to to bring himself even out of that kind of dikah and that kind of that kind of sadness. And it destroys the mind and it destroys the heart. It doesn't, sadness doesn't allow you to, to think properly. And it doesn't allow you to, 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 to be emotionally stable and to be, to be well. And it brings to discouragement and negligence. When a person is sad, he feels discouraged. He just feels discouraged. He feels, he feels depressed. Sorry, is Atzvus and sadness are, are, are different? Because you said Atzvus is depressed, and I'm depressed. Oh, I'm using this. I mean, okay, so, yeah. Because sadness is the first time if you hear something bad, that's why you said it. No, there's a difference. You're probably thinking that there's a difference between Shvirus Alev, Merirus, bitterness. That That's kosher at certain times. And we'll talk more about that, which the Svarnak Dashim talk about. To be a Tzibrochen, to be broken harder, to be bitter is not the same thing. And not the way that they use the word bitterness by in the secular world. It means to be nasty. Uh, but it's a brochen, to be brokenhearted, or that there should be merirus, bitterness, that is part of Avadis uh, uh, Hashem. Sadness and depression, there's a difference between, which the Rebbe says right now, that uh, you'll see in a second, he, he, he already is beginning to tell us the difference. He talks much more, he talks, he talks about it much more later on. So, I mean, the, uh, sadness, Depression. So he says, The Rebbe says, First thing I want to tell you. When you get up in the morning, his Strengthen yourself to get out of bed. And try this exercise of thinking about what I spoke, what I wrote to you in the, in the introduction a little bit. The Tamsis. The summary, the basic point. What I just spoke to you about, that you have a great responsibility. And the Rebbe says, That wasn't me, 
and be concerned. Concerned. Be concerned. Let's use the word concerned because worry already takes on like worry already says, oh, I'm sad. Worry gets you sad, right? So concerned, tidag, means to be concerned. Be concerned about it. Be concerned about it. He says, concerned, concerned about what you have to do. Concerned about your Christ, absolutely. Not depressed. A person, I'm sorry, where does sadness come from? He says, somebody who's lost all of his money, he's misyayish, he gives up hope, and he's sad. Daiga is different. Concern is what? is Concern is where you have a person who knows that deep inside the earth in this place, there's a treasure. And he's concerned, how do I get to it? He's concerned. He's concerned, what a day I have ahead of me. I have a very hard day ahead. And I'm concerned that I should be able to do this. That I have, that I have this, I said, this treasure, but that's hidden deep in the ground, and I have to figure out a, a, a I have to figure out an eight to how to get to it, but that's a, that's, that's bakhlal, not the same as, as the person who feels forget it, there's no hope, I have nothing, all is lost. That's atzvus. Atzvus comes from feeling, I have nothing, all is lost, there's no, there's, there's no hope. The Rebbe says, daiga, daiga is concerned. Concern means there's something to do, and I'm concerned about how am I going to do it, and uh, it, the thought might be overwhelming. But he's the Rebbe says, but there's something that you know, there's something fantastic and great that's that's there. The more concerned the person is, the more concerned the person is, he will strengthen himself more in his avoid. Yismach, and he'll rejoice. Viyavad, Achayim says, Atzara, he'll rejoice, and he'll get down to work until he gets to the, till he gets to the ice, until he gets to the treasure chest. Yes, a daiga, sure it's a daiga. Tachshuv min godla achrayis, a shorlech of a siddag. Rabbi says again, think about the achrayis you have, think about your responsibility, and be concerned. Umitayich da'agos chazu, and with this state of mind, of daiga, Taschil Birkas Start to say the brachas of the morning. With this daiga, you say the birchas atayra. You say the the brachas in the morning. Whatever you say. And with this sense of urgency and concern, begin to daven. Harivna. Say the words in the birchas atayra, and you say what? Harivna. Hashem elokeinu. Hashem is Baruch, make sweet in my mouth, as divrei teroska befinu, the words of Yitar in my mouth. Ki be'emes areva mesuki yitaroska, and think, the truth is Hashem, Yitar is so beautiful, so pleasant and sweet. V'hishieni shagam ani argish es noim mesikos Hashem, help me that I should also be able to taste its pleasantness and its sweetness. V'ni anachno, and you continue, and you say the words, us, now children, our grandchildren, all of us, those who know your name, learn your Torah for its own sake. And think to yourself, have, have on me. 
that I should be able to rise up to the level that a Jewish that I should that I should be roy to, 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 as a Jewish child is able to. For its own sake, Ladas Hashem Hashem to know more about you, Hashem. Shia Madrega Chigidolov Ha'isha Achitayv, which is the highest Madrega and the greatest joy, fulfillment. Bein Ba'elam Hazeh, Bein Ba'elam Haba, in this world and the next world. Omiyato, the Rebbe says, and then V'Tach Hashem. After you've said that, trust in Hashem. Shasham Es Tfiloscha that He heard your Tfila. V'Yemale Es Hemias Libcha and He will fulfill. The longing of your heart. And he will infuse in you more of a desire to learn. And a longing, and he'll fill you more with the longing of the soul for that, to reach more of those madrigas. To connect to the holiness of your Father in heaven. And then rejoice. Get down to learning. Start learning. And be mechazik yourself, avaydis ba'avaydoscha with your avayda, avaydis ha'kaydish, u'bechol ha'yoyim gamas ha'dog anis keres le'el tarachik milibcha. And the Rebbe says, and then the rest of the day you do not have to think and be worried about that, which we, which you were when you got up. You don't have to have it on your mind the whole time. That concern, that bit of nervousness, or that bit of worry. Ki ha'daiga ha'tmidis, because even when it comes to a daiga, if it's constant, mechalashis ha'samayach, it weakens the mind. And not only that, but the daig itself becomes weak because it's like becomes like a, it becomes a part of one's ritual and it no longer has that meaning for the individual if it's just a constant daig. There's no daig, there's no cheshben. If it's a continuous thing, it loses its, its, its feeling of urgency and importance. So the rest of the day, don't think about it. You don't have to be concerned or worried. But he says, but but the rest of the day, remember your goal, your objective, the entire day. Not worry, not concerned, but remember. Remember, but don't be worried. Don't be concerned. This can be compared somebody who's going somewhere, and he's on the, on the derech, on the path. And every now and then, he reminds himself, oh, I have to go, I have to get out of this exit. I have to go to this place. I have to do this. This is what my, this is where I'm going. So you shouldn't get lost and, and wander here or there. And he has to, and to remember, to remind himself every now and then of the matar, of the goal, of the objective, of what he has to take care of that day. That he should hurry and not delay. So the Rebbe says, Learn Torah. And daven b'simcha. That you have been worthy, that you have merited to be a Jewish child who is close to Hashem. Be as careful as you can. Use all of your strength and all of your intellectual abilities to learn Torah carefully, to concentrate on what you're learning. To deepen your understanding of uh, in your learning. He says you should know. 
somebody who is is deluding himself. He's sitting there with a the chavrusa. You know when he reads the page and the other guy reads and he looks a little bit. He says, but he's not medayik. He's not pouring all of his kaiches into the into the Rashi. He's not pour, pouring all of his kaiches into that into that line in the Gemara, into that Taisus, into that Pasuk. He's not pouring his kaiches into the Sefer. He's just like passing through it. Next page. He says, God forbid. He says, You are being mezalzel in the covet of Hashem. You are, you are disgracing. You are being mezalzel in the covet of Hashem. As if God forbid, God forbid you're saying that this is not something which deserves that much concentration or attention. It's not something you really you have to think about so deeply. It doesn't really it doesn't really merit such such hard work. That it doesn't demand of you that you concentrate so much and think so deeply about these fiery words that are on the page in front of you. It's as if you're saying it's not it doesn't deserve so much so much Hard work doesn't deserve that much. When you think about how how a person prepares for an exam in, in, in college, an exam in graduate school, a law school, a medical school, and you see how people will, will, will stay up nights, you know, and, and pacing back and forth in the chaveirim and memorizing, talking it over and going through and, and working on it. And everywhere they, everywhere they walk during the day, they're thinking about this formula, that formula, this, this you know, this, this cell and this, uh, and this, you know this this uh, part of the kishkas or the or, or the the lungs, whatever they're thinking. And you go the whole day. Your mamish can't get off your head. And if someone says, "How are you doing?" So you you know you the answer is you know the this this membrane and that hormone. You know or you know uh, the the case of uh, Jones versus Smith, 1942. You know you walk on the whole day and this and like orangutan mamish immersed in all of this in all of these thoughts. Spoke on a bent tire. It doesn't, it doesn't merit such concentration. It doesn't deserve such attention. <clears throat> In your davening, try to concentrate as much as possible. And even though it's, you find it very difficult to even focus, to concentrate on the, on the uh, translation of the words, of the meaning of the words, throughout the entire davening, which, you know, there's a whole famous Reb Chaim brisk on that, that the two levels of Kavana by davening, one is what you're saying, the other is before whom you're standing. And the Rebbe is saying over here that that is something which certainly you, you can have in mind the entire tefillah, that you're standing before your father who is Navar Achman, who is a compassionate and loving father, Neira Marim awesome and holy. To remember that, even if you can't concentrate on all the words, but you can remember every moment before whom you're standing in tefillah, who you're facing, who you're talking to, even if you can't concentrate on every single thing. Then the Rebbe says, Echol, afterwards, he says, you eat, you say, and drink, and you shan sleep as much as you need. I don't think he wouldn't say, he would have left out in the modern edition that, that, uh, maybe, uh, you know, as much as you need. Because that's whenever you talk to a guy that, that, you know, that sleeps like for 10 hours, 12 hours, he'll always say, well, you know, that's how much I need. And that I read in, I read in Time Magazine in 1983 that there's some people who need more, 
than 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 uh, than uh, five six hours. But I need you know I'm one of those people I I need you know ten hours eleven hours of sleep. Everybody that's everybody that, because that goes with the territory. That Atzlan, that that lazy person who sleeps who sleeps ridiculous amounts of time like this eight nine ten hours of sleep. This person who sleeps such uh, so he always tines that he's amongst the uh, the minority of the population who who uh, it's been proven that if he doesn't get that much sleep he could he God forbid you know die. He has. He needs to get that much sleep. This is all part of an atzlus and an asrashlus in general. That, that there's never been a people who have slept as much as Americans. How is it possible that until now nobody had these medical problems that they had to sleep so much? Again, you know, how come it never entered my father's mind that he had like these these issues with, with you know, uh, you know, to go to like a to speak to somebody like a sleep counselor, or uh, you know, like all these in the army. You know, you have to go to work. You get up, you go to work. You have to dive. In. It's part of your it's part of your life. You have like you know, now when it comes if someone comes to you know a guy is able to get up for minion every day. It's like you know he gets he gets you know you make a dinner for him or something and he gets all kinds of awards. Tower fathers, a person gets it's the same way. You have to you have to eat. You have to go to sleep, you have to work. You you get up to dive in the minion. It was never a cheshman, yes or no. Every single day it's like this whole diun. I don't know. I, I'm having a Yerida today, and today's, t- tomorrow will be better. It's like this whole Milchama. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know about it. I'm sure many of you grew up in the same guy. I grew up in a house. There was just, that's, you know, my father did that. That was just, and he still does. And he meets some bizarre and sort of It's just, that's what you do. You have to, you have to daven. You go to shul and you have to, and it makes no difference if they're 10 inches of snow either. Or like you, you'll see in, in America, and my, I, every time, my father, my father can't get over this. Like you know, he, all the years, you know, he, he's in a, he's belongs of course to an, uh, an Orthodox shul, and if it's raining Friday night, like half the island is not there. So so he says maybe the davening, uh, maybe the davening in the shtibel, but then of course you find out from the shtibel that they also half the island wasn't there. So, like you know, you get an, an old time Jew. What's the cheshem? The chalal not because the weather's not. It has to be like it has to be like perfect weather to get this guy to shul. If it's between sixty eight and seventy four and sunny, you know, and it means even at night it has to be sunny. So then he'll get to shul. But if the weather is very very bad, that it's uh, increasing darkness until the morning, he might not. You know, he might not. Uh, he might not be able to make it. It's bad weather. The dog, you know, it's, 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 it might not be able to make it. And this is something that you'll see that the, you'll see. It's an amazing thing that if it's raining on a Friday, what's this? You know, the guy can't get to shul. He's gonna get, he's gonna melt or something. He can't get himself. Or if it's in the morning, he can't get to, to minion because the weather's not conducive. These cheshbonis are like the if you, in the old time, it was chal, wasn't the cheshbon. So the whole thing with how much sleep a person gets and how much sleep, all these discussions, how much a person needs and what. So the Rebbe says, sleep kechal yashen kechal tzarechal. You sleep but you need to sleep. But the Rebbe didn't mean that the kid says, I need to sleep during Minyan. Or I need to sleep, you know, I need to go to sleep, you know, uh, during the Shia. I need to... There's, there's, there's time to... There's, there's when a person, a person who is... A person who's careful with his time. Well, let's say better like this. A person who is not lazy. A person who's not lazy has the time for everything. We see a person who's lazy... Never has time for anything. The lazy person never has time. It doesn't have time for anything. A person who is hardworking and ambitious, he may he has time for everything. That's that's the that's the seder in the world. The Rebbe says, you know, eat and drink, and you can have a nap, whatever, and rejoice with your friends. This daiga that you woke up with in the morning, this concern, and this and this constant reminder that you have an achrayis does not take away from you. The, the fun that you could have playing with the guys, and the eating and drinking and so on. 
And then he says, of course, I'm talking about I mean, real friends who are who, are, who learn Torah and are and live according to the Torah. And now, if my words have, until this point, if you've brought them into your heart, and your intention is to, and you would like to hear more how to, how to live this derech this way, this derech that, that you'll follow, that will lead you up to Hashem, and the means by which you'll be able to be attached to Torah and to Avayda. Then we could hope that ultimately that you'll be able to reach to that matzav that Hashem will say about you you are a precious child to me a delightful child because even when I speak of you, the Pazik and Navi, of course, even when I speak of you, Hashem says, Zohar as, Zohar as Kerechait, I will think of you and remember you always, Rachem Rachemcha, and I will have compassion and pity upon you. Why is he taking his name of friend here? Because he's speaking, he wants to, he's, he's, he's saying to you, Maisha, Yankel, Ruven, Shimon, David, everybody. So he takes out the name of friend. It means that he's making it more personal and intimate for each and every Jew. So now the, uh, now the actual work, now the actual work begins. Until now the Rebbe has been very, very gentle. <laughs> very gentle. And remember, he's talking to a generation, you have to remember throughout the Sefer. I mean, the Sefer is always with love. He, he, that, that was his way, and he was such a person. You feel on every single page, you feel the, you feel the ahava, you feel the love, you know, oozing out from the words. But the, but the Rebbe doesn't hold back punches. The Rebbe's strong. And, 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 um, you know, he was living in a time when, when he, when you didn't have to be worried that if you say to somebody, you know, I think that you should, I think that you should, uh, go to shul this Shabbos that the kid's gonna like, you know, uh, go off the derech or something because he asked him to go to shul. Like now, nowadays, you know, parents are raising their children in such a way, with such pachat, which I spoke a lot in that parenting set years ago, that, you know, uh, parents feel from the beginning, are you okay with my Dani? Is that alright with you? Like, you know, like to, to a four year, to a three year old. Uh, does Nagel Vasra upset you? <laughs> like uh, if it's if, if it's okay, please. <clears throat> if you don't mind, could you watch Nagel Vasra? If that you know, if that doesn't worry, I, I don't want you to feel bad. Or be, you'd be upset about it. So uh, the Rebbe was talking to a generation that was very confident in their Yiddishkeit. That was very very strong in the Yiddishkeit. Nevertheless, there were problems. And the Rebbe, as we saw in the, in the introduction, the Rebbe was worried, was deeply concerned about the generation, and there were many young people that were going off. But it, but it was still a different fabric. There was still a different fabric. Um, you know, if you, you know, we call Haimisha Yidin, less Haimisha Yidin, whatever that means, that can mean a lot of crazy things too. A Haimisha Yid. But that, that term, that he, that he's comfortable with his Yiddishkeit. That he's comfortable with his Yiddishkeit. So there are certain, you know, a Jew who's comfortable with his Yiddishkeit, you could tell him even a strong word and you don't have to be so nervous. That, 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 but, but uh, like now, if you say like if, if you're talking in a place where it's not high, they're not Heimish, so if you say something that you know might be interpreted, let's say to you know that uh, that a woman might get upset in the oilam. So you know every single thing because he said something the halacha and the halacha says that like women are parted from this. So then you can't say that women are parted. 
you have to say it in a, in a, you have to be very very careful how you explain you know that that because of because of the exalted level of women they don't need this mitzvah <laughs> now you wouldn't have to say that like you wouldn't have to say that you know in Williamsburg you could say she's potter you know <laughs> but if you're in a different place you have to say well women are are so advanced that this is something that they that they they really it's not required of them you know all the shyness The, this is all part of the shiftless of our generation that we can't say words of Torah in a clear and honest way. And I'm, I'm, I'm always making these chesbainas, and I still botch up all the time. But I, you know, not so much here when I talk to the, with the chaburah. It's more like uh, Moshe likes to say unplugged. He used that term. But when I'm talking to a larger olam, so then I have to be very, very careful because I understand that there are people there who are, who are not used to or not comfortable with certain expectations that that, that halacha has, that shulchan aruch has. So you have to you have to say things in all kind with all kinds of lashonas and to, like you know, it's all. Uh, it's a painful parasha, but uh, and it takes a lot of extra time. But that, I guess that's what you have to do, unless unless you just want you know to go into goal somewhere. That's what you have to do. But this is um, so. This is the Rebbe, I guess you'd say Lahavdul, uh, you know, unplugged, and and um, and it doesn't mean, by the way, you see, that's also a confusion in, in modern in the modern way of thinking, that being honest, being honest means you know someone could tell you something honestly. And they're saying, they're saying, you know, the emes, and uh, and if you don't like it, if you don't like the emes, that means that the person has insulted you. The emes is insulting, and the truth is that the truth sometimes hurts. Very often it hurts, and the person takes that as an insult, and and will, as a result of that, close up and say, "This is not for me." Because everybody wants to hear, like, you know, only uh, good things. Everything should be good. Oh, you're a tzaddik and you're kodesh, and you're so wonderful. Everything you do is perfect. But if someone's pointing out to you, as the Rebbe is going to here, the machos and nefesh, the Rebbe is going to talk about laziness. Oh, he's going to have here a tyrus on laziness and to explain. He goes, and he, and he, and he, and he, and he talks to the Rebbe straight, emes. But emes with, with love, biahava, with, with love. There's not, there's not any love that's missing. But the Rebbe doesn't hold back the Amis. That's the way he was. <clears throat> and you have to be a person that obviously can take that. And the only kind of person that can take that is someone who's, someone who's seeking the truth. Because you know that you'll have a conversation with someone, and you could be talking to some... Or you could be giving a... a, a, a Rav could be giving a drosha. And, if the, and it, could be that, it could be that there's a certain demand that's being made in that drosha for the person who's an emistic person, that person will appreciate it. Even if the person might say, I'm not holding by that right now. He'll still appreciate that that, what? that, that person is, is, is telling me the emis. He'll have another person that will that walk out, could you believe that he said that? Could you believe he said such a thing? I can't believe it. Forget it, he's crazy, he's, he's a fanatic, we're not going there. He's it's so extreme. I'm just saying the emis. So, you know, to be, to be a person that could, that could deal with the emis, you have to be a person that's seeking the emis. And if you're not looking for the truth, if you're not looking for the truth, then, then, it's, then you, you, know, you get insulted by anything. That, any, any emis comes your way, you get insulted. Why? Uh, because the emis, because the if you're not living up to that truth, that means that I, I, I think I'm being insulted. Did you hear what he said? You know? So the fact that a person has, um, like I, so I, I, just on a personal, I will say certain things here that, that, uh, that are strong, but that's because I believe that, I believe that you are people who, mavaksh, who, who, mavaksh, who want the truth. 
If I didn't think that, then then, then I wouldn't say it. Because if you're mavakish the emes, that mean, and you know that it's not chalila being said in a way to hurt, so then so then even if you're not holding by that, that's not a reason to be insulted or to to be to to be hurt by by the it's it it, it it's. It is. I mean, it, it it hits places. We're all looking, but it hits places that are painful. It 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 was aimed at places. <laughs> a, a hit sounds like it just like it happened. No, it's being aimed at those places very carefully. But and 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 because people, if there are two things, you have different regions. Sometimes you have a person that he's so completely apathetic that he's not hurt by it because he's entertained by it. I'm just man garnish. Doesn't bother me because I don't care what he says. His, his stomach's crazy or this this is this is ridiculous. So it doesn't bother him and he's fine. He doesn't get insulted at all because it's like, you know, the same way he wouldn't get insulted if Charlton Heston says something in the movie he didn't like. Like, what are you crazy? That insults you. So you don't get insulted. Then you have the other person. Then you have the other person who who who, who gets offended by it, uh, because he's offended by it because he's been living with a certain he's been living a certain way and you're and you're telling him that that's not true. And that's he finds that offensive. You're telling me it's you know you're telling me it's not true. You know, it's not true that you know that my that you know my that my my 16 year old daughter runs around in a bikini. It's not true. In the winter, it's not true. <laughs> Maybe it's not true. So the person gets insulted. It's insulted. I had this, I had this emes. Now you're telling me it's not emes. Then you have the other person who's, who who like my soul will say, oh, if I, this is taka true, and, and therefore I have an achrayis, and I have to be I have to be worried about it and be concerned. And that's that's the, that's a mechaya because then you could those are Jews that you could talk to, and and you can grow with with, and you could, the, everybody can grow together with these daigas, with these concerns. That's what the Rebbe's talking about. Not sad, but to have a daiga to be better. That's true. So the Rebbe says here, kevim shakol tachli our entire tachlis is Hashem is to draw you close to the Torah and to the Derech of Hashem that you should walk in that path. Mm-hmm. The Rebbe says, therefore, we have to therefore prepare you that you should be able to that you should be able to go on that path. And what's that? The Torah itself has instructed us. You're not going to be a person that's able to even hear about being a Balmadrega, or could even dream of having Madregas, if you're not going to be concerned with removing the obstacles in your life that are between between yourself and that greatness that we're going to be talking about. And that's called Surmeira. And Surmeira means simple the simple shot is to draw yourself away from those things that are evil. You can't bring the king into the room unless you've cleaned up the room. How do you want to invite the king? People would like to do this. These new spiritual people, the the the, the new age spirituality, they would like to invite spirituality into their hearts, into into a heart that's filled with schmutz, with filth. How do you invite the king into a filthy room? that he's going to even be able to step foot into such a place. You can't invite the king if you haven't started, at least made an effort somehow to put the room in order, to clean up a little bit. How could you reach Madregas of Kedusha if you haven't removed some of the Ra from your heart? At least make you're not involved in an effort to remove the Ra from your heart. How could you even, how could, how's it possible to receive Kedusha? 
therefore the Rebbe says, Therefore what we need to do first is to search with you and to find to find what is it, anything that might be preventing you, holding you back from learning Torah and from being attached to Hashem. What's holding you back? What's in the way? We have to, we have to look for these obstructions. And we have to push them away. Get rid of them. But the Rebbe says, he says, my, he says, my friend, we have to work, we have to look together. I'll help you. He says, but we have to go together. And we will conduct this search together. To find the crumbs of chametz. Vesgagere Harakev and the uh, little the little pits or the little seeds of uh, of that spoiled of, of of that that are rotten, Asher Bakha that are within you Hashmidam and to destroy them. But we have to do this together. Kimihu This is consistent to what the Rebbe said in the introduction. That the child has the children now are very independent. Therefore, you can't come and say, I'm going to point out, this is your fault, that's your fault. The Rebbe is not suggesting that we point out the faults of the children. What the Rebbe is saying is to engage the child in an honest search, for his, in an honest effort to find what's, what's, what are the problems and to work on correcting them. Not, you're like this, you're like that. Because he says, Who is the main mechanic? Who is your main teacher, your main Rebbe? Not you yourself. And who is the one who has the responsibility to raise the great, the great uh, future generation of, uh, of Torah scholars, of tzaddikim? It's you yourselves. You have, that's your achrayis. Therefore, nobody can know more than you your own chesroinus. Nobody, I could discuss different things, as the Rebbe says, I'm going to talk about, and you have to be honest and look inside yourself to see, to search together with me for these, for signs of these problems, but you, you're the only one that, could, that knows the truth about yourself. And is there anybody besides you who is able to recognize the crookedness inside of you? Only you know what's crooked, only you know what's wrong, only you can acknowledge that. Which are different, there are different problems with each child or the ashram. And only you can take upon yourself to straighten them out. It's your project, I could help you. And I could try to put, show you, on, to set you on a certain path and to, and to tell you, this is the derech, this is the way. Hashvil, the path. Akimhu, this is the, the path that you're on. Rather, is is crooked. I'll be able to. I'll show you that this way that you're going, what you think is the right way, and you're not you're not even thinking that this is. Okay. I, I'll show you that this is the right way. This is the, this is crooked. And this way that you're going on is heading straight for hell. That I could talk to you about. I could show you that, 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 that this is what's the derech, what's not the derech, based upon what I learned. I could teach you that this is not, this is. And I could show you what is the right path. 
the straight path, and the one who walks upon this path will reach Hashem's arms, Hashem's embrace. And the splendor and glory of, of His holiness. And He says, every father, and of course this includes the women as well. You got that? And every Malamed in Madrich. He says to the children, every father, every Rebbe, every Madrich can only be, can only give you Aitzes. He can give you Aitzes and, and advice. He could tell you what to do and give you Aitzes, but it's totally on you whether to listen or not. Depends on you. To, to what? To, to educate yourself in this derech that, you, that you've been taught is the proper derech, over mitzvah. It's your choice. You have to make the decision whether or not you want to accept and draw into your into the into the chadri halev into the depths of your heart and your bodies, the words that your rebbe and that your that your father your mashpia your madrich is telling you that that's up to you. If God forbid you resist this, then what? Then who's gonna? Who could help you? Who's gonna change that? Who's going to prevent? Who's going to prevent your soul from being from being grabbed and taken by God forbid the other side? He says only you yourselves can search in all the cracks, the nooks and crannies, the crevices of your hearts and your souls. And to find over there the chesreinus, the things that are that are wrong, that are missing. Each one according to who you are. Will asak them and to correct them. I could speak about the issues, the problems. I could speak about the different minias, the different obstacles, the different the different types of chametz. I could discuss them, and I could even discuss the means of of, of destroying that chametz. But. It's up to you to, to, to work with me and to find them and to admit that they're there and to, and to get to work on destroying them. That's true, Foss, and I can discuss the cure. Nevar, I'll explain the cures. And then you will learn more and more how on your own to continue in life, knowing how to look for and to correct, and to correct these, these, these problems. Now the Rebbe just goes on in the next paragraph to explain... We'll just we'll just uh, we'll just read the first the first uh, sentence, which pretty much goes on for the entire paragraph. The uh, that sentence, uh, not almost, just the just the first part of the sentence. That's what I was talking about before. Then you have those people that uh, they don't feel any chesvanis at all. They don't feel any chesvanis at all. And even if they look into a Muslim safe and they, it's talking about this midah and that midah, so the person thinks, boy, I feel so bad for my friend that he has to deal with these bad midahs. Such rahmanis. He doesn't think for a moment 
that he has this that he has to that he has this problem and he has to correct this. He has no cave, he doesn't hurt him, he has no dig at all, doesn't bother him at all. Simon That's not a good simon. We'll talk about this next week. He says that's a that's a simon of a person who doesn't know that he has a sickness, that, that person is in much greater danger than the person who feels the pain of that sickness and he goes to try to take care of it, to, to find a cure. But the person who doesn't feel there's anything wrong, doesn't feel any sickness at all, so Bakhlal is is oblivious to it that that person is in much greater danger. Than than like I told you a few weeks ago about how when how uh Rabbi Sazaman walked into the back of the room when Rabbi Sazaman Meltzer and Rabbi Shalom Shavdon was saying Musa, because remember I told this to you that there was a certain woman who came to Rabbi Shalom complaining that her husband is, is not nice to her. So Rabbi Shalom, Rabbi Shalom didn't want to confront the person, so he decided Rabbi Shalom that he would give in the Shmuz that Shabbos or that Minchemarv in the Shmuz he would he would put in something about you know being nice to your to your wife. <clears throat> not to not to be nasty. So so that guy then that guy would be sitting there by the Shmuz. So of course Rabbi Sazaman Meltzer walks in uh, uh, in between Minchem Arv, and he sits down over there, Mrs. Alman, who is unbelievably loving and kind to his wife. And what happened, of course, Rabbi Shalom starts talking about the union of a person who's not respecting his wife properly. So the guy who is the guy who he wants, the, the guy who is aiming at, is sitting there, like you know, enjoying it, such a geshmak schmooze, you know, it's great. And Rabbi Zalman comes over afterwards. He says, he says, "I know, I know, Rabbi Shalom. I'm going to work much harder on it. I, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to be better, Rabbi Shalom. I, I, you know, and I appreciate you doing it in such a way that you didn't want to embarrass me. You said in the schmooze, and when you saw me walk in, like you wanted to talk about that Indian to me, and I'm going to work on it. <laughs> the difference. Rabbi Zalman was wanted the truth. Yeah, Rabbi Zalman wanted the truth, and the other person sitting there, and it's meant for him, and he doesn't hear a word. That's not, not talking about me. Maybe they're talking. Maybe Rabbi Shalom's talking about Rabbi Zalman, not me. That's how he thinks. That's that's that makes the whole difference. That makes the whole difference. All right, we'll continue. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah.